This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Trader, trade, trader, Cobb Crypto Podcast. Podcast. This is the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to have the guests that I have coming up. But before we get there, I want to let you know that today's show is sponsored by TraderCobb.com. You can go across to TraderCobb.com and get your trading education for the sphere of crypto by joining up to the free bi-weekly video newsletter. Today's guest, Sean Conway, is from an amazing project. He's the founder and president of Exo. Now, Sean, I can't do your introduction any justice, so therefore... I will welcome you to the show. Thank you for being here and allow you to introduce yourself, mate. Go for it. Hi, it's wonderful to be here and greetings from Cape Town. And I'm super excited to be talking to you about IXO, uh, which is the blockchain for impact. And our motto is um, to count what matters and value what counts. And I hope we can get into a, a discussion about that. But I absolutely love that uh, little phrase that you just coined there. It's a, it's a phenomenal one with a huge amount of power backing that. So. Obviously, from my point of view, Sean, I, I've had a good chat with you leading into this show. I've got a little bit of understanding for who you are, your background, where you've come from, what you've worked on, and, and what you see as your compass of the world. I would really appreciate it, Sean, if you could let the listeners know a little bit about your background, what you've done, why you've done it, and how you've actually become who you are within this industry right now as we speak. Great. Well, I started life as a medical doctor, so kind of really interesting journey to this point. And uh, quite uh, early on in my career, I was working in South Africa where we were confronted with this massive HIV AIDS epidemic that was on the horizon. And uh, that took my career in a very different path, which was towards uh, setting up large-scale responses to funding, to delivering um, and to evaluating and, uh, and advocating um, for global health initiatives such as the treatment of HIV and AIDS and TB and malaria, um, and then sort of more broadly into international development, you know, so tracking how, uh, how capital gets applied to achieve the goals that are necessary for us to move forward as a sustainable um, species on this planet. And so um, my experience has really been quite, quite broad and rich, um, but really I would say thematically, I've always been a bit of a data geek and I've always believed in the power of information and data to enable us to optimize how we do things and particularly how we allocate resources uh, such as capital towards achieving the greatest impacts. Okay. So why why bring your life's work which is what you're doing helping people being a doctor why why are you here on the blockchain like help us to understand why this specific third arm of the internet the, this this technology how wh why are you here and how does that extend your reach and help more people 
Yeah, so I guess uh, to tell this backstory on that, we have to go back um, almost exactly 10 years ago. Uh, I was working as an advisor to the UK government's Department for International Development, which is the, the aid organization. And uh, it was around the time of the financial crisis, so back in 2008. And I was asked to give a presentation uh, by a conference about the new technologies that were um, available, the web 2.0 and social media, you know, so this is kind of similar to how we have the new technologies of web 3.0 and the blockchain um, technologies now. And at this conference, I was asked to present about how these new technologies could be used to uh, have much greater uh, impact in the world. And uh, so my presentation was really focused on, uh, uh, on decentralization and on giving ordinary people and the people who are direct stakeholders in projects, much greater economic uh, say in how capital gets allocated and, uh, and, uh, and, and how the results get uh, used and, uh, and improve the benefits that accrue to, to people. And so this was a great idea. Um, of course, Web 2.0 wasn't able to make it happen. The technologies turned out to be not quite as, uh, as versatile as, uh, as I thought they might be. And so fast forward to 2013, when I discovered Bitcoin, it all suddenly came together. And so what we're implementing today is really the set of ideas that I spoke about in 20, 2008, <clears throat> but just with some different terminology. So I spoke about a system of credits. We now have tokens. You know, I, spoke, I spoke about share stakeholders. We now have token curation and we have token holders. And so pretty much um, the same ideas, but just now being made very much possible by Web 3.0 and blockchain technologies. So you were into the blockchain sphere at a very early stage. I mean, let's be honest, 2013 was basically the embryonic stage of where we are now. There's been a huge implementation, a huge growth and adoption uh, of the blockchain community and it is now the hot word as much the same as dot com was back in the mid 90s so my interest is how a, a doctor comes into this space realizes the technological advancements visualizes and sees the benefits from this and then creates something in exo so where where, where does the doctor the tech uh, expert and the blockchain industry, how does it come together? How, how does that morph? How, what is it that you're trying to achieve here? So really, this is about understanding the value of data. And uh, uh, the data technologies that we've had available to us under Web 2.0 have really been um, suboptimal. Uh, I, I, I speak about the data being very low definition, about being scarce about being inaccessible because it sits in centralized data stores and so on. And, uh, and so in working in the global health and international development space, there's always been a rhetoric and a sort of a desire to uh, implement you know, a shared data resource, data for development. There's always been a desire to bring information into programs so that you know whether the programs are working or not. There's always been a desire to try and prove that the investments that are being made are actually yielding results. And I've been very much within the um, uh, within within that context, you know, running programs and trying to implement data-driven initiatives that would achieve those desires, but really finding that mostly that would fall flat. And so, 
when I uh, discovered these new technologies, and it's become really exciting because it's not only about blockchain, it's also about new standards for the decentralized web. So for instance, the fact that the new web will have an identity layer that is not non-existent in the web 2.0, um, that the new web is a web of value that can that people can exchange value that can basically flow value from person to person like you would email a person, which is what blockchain technology gives us. And so bringing these technologies together gives us an opportunity to completely change the playing field around how data gets used, how it gets valued, how it gets traded, and how it really becomes the driver of um, what is becoming a really uh, fast-growing impact economy. And uh, so this is really exciting, you know, and so just kind of having spotted that potential, uh, it was a no-brainer for me that we needed to be building on this. I thought it would be a lot easier than it's turned out to be, um, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but, um, but uh, yeah, we started with, we started with Ripple um, and, uh, and, and have ended up building our own blockchain, so that's over you know, a five-year period, um, and it's been quite a yeah, journey. Wow. Uh, during that time, yeah, during that time, we've had opportunities to implement real-world projects. So this is not all just pie in the sky and, and kind of playing around with technology. This has been really driven by real-world use cases and, 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 uh, and, and real needs on the ground. Okay, so tell, tell me one thing, right? I love what you're about, sure. I, I love what you're doing. I love what you're trying to achieve, and I wish you all the best of luck doing it. But my, my listeners here, the, the people that you've got the voice of right now, these are investors. These are intelligent human beings. They're not just investors for capitalist's sake. They're not just after money. These are people that are looking to mold the world and make a buck at the same time. But there's also projects that we'll invest in that won't make us a dollar, but it might help the way we move forward. What I'd like to understand is, is, is this purely a philanthropic uh, endeavor or, or is there an upside to this for people that want to get involved in your project too? This is very much about an economic opportunity uh, and a business opportunity um, or many business opportunities related to that. Um, so if we just take the the um, existing uh, financial flows that go into the aid sector. We're talking about $1.3 trillion a year that is mobilized by the international donor community and uh, the traditional mechanisms that have been there. Add to that commitments to climate financing, it's about another $700 million. Uh, billion. Um, that is only really a small part of what is needed to achieve the global uh, goals for sustainable development by 2030. And so um, what is happening is a shift towards uh, capital being allocated towards social, environmental, and economic outcomes that are pursuant to these global goals. And that is a, an opportunity unprecedented in terms of the amount of capital that is flowing. And this capital is coming from traditional investors who previously might not have thought about um, sustainability, uh, because sustainability has proven to be better investment. It gives better returns, better financial returns. It includes the big insurers who are realizing that, that actually if you invest in mitigating the insurance risks and de-risk projects directly, you, you can avoid having to insure those away and externalize the, uh, uh, externalize the risks. Um, and it's coming from the large pension funds and, uh, and, uh, and sovereign wealth funds. And then and then, and then if we look at the surveys that have been taken, taking place amongst the youth, uh, the 
percentage of youth who uh, say that it, making an, an investments that have positive social and economic and environmental returns um, is important Make to them. Making an investment in the future, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. And so I, I think the latest survey, and these have been annual surveys um, that have been conducted, uh, is that 90% of respondents um, under the age of 25 uh, say that it would be part of their decision-making whether their investment goes into positive impact or not. I, I think that's a huge thing. I mean, for, for me, Sean, uh, and, and many of the listeners on the show will, will know that part of my investment strategy, investment, not trading because I'm a trader, but investment strategy, I, I like to invest in the next generation. So it's only just been the last few years that I've become the generation above the next generation. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not an old man. I'm not a young man. I'm, I, I sit right in the middle. Right? I'm 35 year, or 34 years old. I'm not going to put an extra year on my head just for the sake of it. But what, what I see the opportunity in, in is a demographic. If you invest in a demographic, you invest in a voting force. And we're seeing what we have titled as the millennials as being a major voting force. These are people that have confidence. Now, rightly or wrongly, they have a voice and they use their voice. And the millennials are a large number of the population. They're a huge voter population. They're a hugely tech savvy population. I mean, these are this is the generation that grew up with a mobile phone in their hand and Facebook and all the other things. For, for my generation, we started with ICQ, with the uh-oh, we, we started with the MSN Messenger. Now, the, the whole world has changed in such a massive way that I'm left behind and I'm still a part of that world. This millennial force that's coming forward, they're voting with their money. They're voting with obviously, you know, obviously their vote, but they're also voting with a thing called credibility. They want to see the world change. We live in a world of the internet, right? A world of mass information. Now, a lot of the information can be false, can be real. Sometimes there's over-information. We, we can't make decisions because there's an analysis paralysis. But I truly believe in investing in the future of our species, and that future right now is the educated uh, masses of millennials. Now, I think that your project really taps into that because it's not just for a capitalist greed perspective. It's not just about making money. It's about understanding what we can do to better our species. I know that's a very broad statement, but there's a lot of projects out there that that, that, that are just about making money. Let's be honest, Sean, there are. Now, I'm all for those as an investor, but I'm more interested in the projects that can help to move us forward, to help, to empower to educate people. And I, I, it sounds to me like what you're doing at the moment is, is you're working on a combination of the three. Now, as complex as that may sound, and I know that it must be difficult to try and explain that, I really encourage, I really encourage the listeners to explore that in more detail. Do you find it difficult because what you're doing, it, it, look, it, it is relatively complex, Sean. You're trying to bridge a few gaps. Have you... What what sort of hurdles have you come across to this point in trying to educate, bring together, and, and bring those things together in a happy harmony? Yeah, so I guess the first thing is that um, I find that people either have a charity mindset when you talk about um, 
talk about sustainability and they immediately but you're not a charity right? you're, you're not a charity we're not right? we're not cha- we're not we're not charity at okay. all in fact i i okay, have good. I, I, I didn't think so I, you know I, I i'm absolutely all for you know big-hearted people but i have great cynicism around charity uh, because i think it's a waste of money unless you know what you're actually getting yeah. <laughs> and uh Correct. and so yeah. if, if, we, if we think about if we think about like just take uh some of our practical projects um so take uh uh, take the South Pole. South Pole is, is an organization that's been around for 15 years. They're the largest um, originator of carbon credits. They sell those credits on a, um, um, on a wholesale market to many of the big brand names that we interact with. Um, now, they, they have a challenge in what it costs to actually originate those credits, um, those measures, basically data that comes from, let's, uh, let's say, planting trees or from uh, uh, small-scale hydroelectric plants, um, that uh, communities run and turning those into tradable commodities. And so um, we're working with them to tokenize the data that comes from IoT devices. So a great example is um, fantastic hydroelectric uh, projects in, in, in uh, Laos where communities get together and they, 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 um, they, they install and they run um, hydroelectric renewable energy production. Now, the IoT devices sending off data, um, but it's really difficult to prove that, that the energy is actually being produced in that way without sending an, a, a, an auditor to go and inspect those projects and make sure that they meet the criteria. Um, now, we can t- completely turn that on its head through tokenization and through using data oracles that um, can provide verification of the data. And so, um, without going into too much detail at this point, the ICSO protocol is really about taking data, which we can call raw data, and enabling it to go through a trusted evaluation process, which transforms the data from being um, un- untrusted, you don't know whether the claim is true or not, to having a very high level of confidence that this claim is true and has been verified by a software agent. And that is then valuable, verified data that can be tokenized um, tokens can be traded, and the underlying data can be shared, and there's a data marketplace around that. Um, these are all very, very valuable components that capture value within the value chain that has, up until now, really not been captured very well. It's huge lost economic opportunities. Um, so we're re- really excited about about, um, about the economic value of this protocol and uh, and the marketplace that this is going to generate. I get that. I hear that, I understand that, and I agree with that. And in all honesty, I mean, what you're trying to achieve is admirable. Uh, it's not just admirable that we're looking for on this show. We're looking for innovators. We're looking for people that are trying to create something that is beyond just, I mean, look, capitalism is fine. Making money is fine. But money doesn't help. Uh, it helps me. It helps you. It helps the people that are involved in their own life. But I'm really interested more so in the uh, the growth that we can give to it's, – it's, it sounds silly, but there's a lot of projects within crypto that we can grow what we as a species understand. Like there, there, there's, there's different things where we can get voting on a blockchain so it's not going to be, you know, hacked. There's a lot of things that we can do. And, Sean, sure, I've really enjoyed listening to your vision as to what you're trying to achieve. What I'd like to do as a last question is to basically just, just ask flat out, what is it 
What's your final goal? Now, I know a final goal is very difficult. You're in a tech company. You're, you're growing your business. It's very difficult to get a final resolution. But what? at what point will you be happy to go, oh, we have achieved our objective? What is it you're trying to achieve that will make you satisfied? So we're moving very very quickly, as fast as we can, to establishing a global network that provides the infrastructure. I call it the the data infra- infrastructure for the for the impact economy. So um, this is setting up hubs around the world, and we already have a number of them um, coming online. So uh, whether it's a hundred or two hundred or a thousand, um, that will run the blockchain that enables applications to be built on that. And I I would like to see. Um, as many of the uh, impact projects that are being funded and invested in running on this new standard, because then we have true interoperability and we have a real picture of what's going on, whether that's at a global level or right down to a local level, Uh, because the blockchain provides a shared impact uh, ledger for all these projects to be registered, indexed, and for their performance to be tracked. Um, And so this truly is going to be a an infrastructure for this economy that needs to come together very quickly in order to achieve the goals that have been set for 2030. And so really, um, uh, so far, the traction has been incredible. We've got amazing partners uh, and uh, you know, big name organizations, and uh, as well as a lot of uh, local uh, software companies and, uh, and uh, small and medium enterprises, startups that are, are really raring to go to take this blockchain and start implementing it and building applications on top of the blockchain. So you can think of this almost kind of like, like the Ethereum um, for uh, uh, the impact blockchain. Well, Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. I, uh, I, I want to obviously ask you to explain to the listeners how they can find more information, where they can find more information and how they can get involved. And also, if there's anything, if, if you're looking for certain key staff members or people to be involved, let us know. How can people get involved with your project? So we are going live with um, our beta release of the platform at the end of uh, this month, so just in a couple of weeks' time. And uh, we're on, uh, we'll be starting a big membership recruitment drive um, where we want people to join up. We want them to become part of this global network because this enables everybody to participate. So whether you participate as an investor in projects, start up your own projects, or become a stakeholder on the projects that you really believe in, uh, this provides you with, with that opportunity. I also believe that by being part of this initiative, you will be able to have conversations with your family, with your friends, and with your work colleagues uh, about things that really matter. And, uh, and so this is a really exciting way to get involved in this new economy. So even if it's, it's just as a member and not as a project implementer, or if it's all the way through to implementing projects and making serious investments, we want you to get on board. So the starting point for this is really join up as a member, either as an individual member or as a corporate member, and uh, that'll be going live at the end of the month. And uh, it'll provide all of the members with an opportunity to get an airdrop of XO tokens um, once we do our token generation later in the year. Um, and the membership comes with a whole range of other benefits. And uh, so really, that's a great starting point. This is about getting involved in a movement. But it's not just a movement that is about words. This is a movement that's really about practical actions and economic power.
Well, you heard it first. This is Sean Conway here. He is the founder and president of EXO. Uh, this gentleman has done a lot in his previous life as a doctor and now is in the same space looking to help and empower people across the globe with the project now if you want to find out more information you need to get across the website it's ixo.foundation you can find out more information there is there anywhere else that they can find more sean are you on twitter facebook anything like that i think you will find us all over and uh Really what I would encourage the listeners to do is we have a two-minute video, and I know that you, you watched it earlier. Let me just step in here, Sean. So let, 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 let me just step in here at this point. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sean. But, guys, this video, uh, it, it's a fantastic representation of the project. I mean, uh, every project needs to have their media. We understand that. They're trying to sell a product. This particular video really strikes to the core of what this is all about. Now, if there's one thing that I can encourage all listeners to do is to go to the website, and I, I just went to ixo.foundation, ixo.foundation, and you'll find the website, sorry, the, the video right there. You scroll down and you watch that video. Now, that, that video makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. It gives you the vision, the understanding as to what they're trying to achieve with this project. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I spoke with Sean for 40 minutes before we started this show. And the reason that I spoke to Sean for 40 minutes before we started this show is because I watched that video. That is how powerful the video is. I recommend everybody goes to the website and watches that video because it will strike a chord within you. Now, once they've watched that video, Sean, how do they read? chat and what do they do uh well we're going to put a um uh, a uh, a subscription box directly below that video and uh, you put in your email address there and you'll receive a personalized invitation to join the network become a member and uh, find out more about how you can take action well, Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing your vision. Thank you for being in the space. Thank you for doing what you've done prior to this. You've been a massive advocate for helping people throughout. <laughs> I mean, HIV, AIDS, TB, health, like there's so much that you've done that, that, that we as a human race need to be thankful for it, whether it directly affects us or indirectly. We as a species are together as one and i think that's what blockchain cryptocurrency and this space does is it helps to bring people together and what you're doing within this space not only brings us together but it gives us a voice within your innovative uh use of the blockchain technology so thank you so much for being on the show today sean guys you know where to find more about sean he's told you where to go if you need to listen to the show again please do don't forget that this show is brought to you by tradercob.com where you can find all of your trading education jump across to tradercob.com and join up to the bi-weekly free video newsletter guys make sure you get across and listen to more about what sean has to say find out more have a good day the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Check out TraderCobb.com because experience matters. This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. 
CoinSpot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not Trader Cobb or the audio presenter.